Okay, welcome to the That's Good Sports podcast. Uh, the first podcast Will and I have done without a guest in a while. So we really don't have to behave ourselves or write a rundown or do any planning. Uh, really talk about anything like football related. Yeah, this episode is mostly about Will and I reconnecting the yeah, last week and a half. Friends. We haven't talked, which is unusual. I've been out of communication with Will. Uh, Will has been suffering in the Sacramento heat, um, doing some very, I would recommend you follow Will's Instagram for his uh, jackass stories. They might not be live anymore, but there, I've been- There's probably gonna be more ones. I've been enjoying the, uh, hi, I'm Will Keys and this is jackass. And this segment is called Kissing My Roommate. <laughs> well, it takes two to tango. And I thank my roommate for being, uh, for creating a playground on which, yeah. um, you know, I can improvise like that. Isolation has really bred, you know, just yeah, stellar creativity. A lot of creativity. We were, um, we were having a little back and forth last night about a, a new uh, teen comedy that we were thinking of um yes this, imagine any like kind of cliche teen comedy maybe like she's all that i got the idea from watching tall girl on netflix um which is one of my favorite movies of the year mm. and, um it's good it's good but i, was, I haven't seen I'm, it i don't even know what it is well check it out it's about a, a tall it's about a girl who's like six feet in high school which is the worst thing you can be um yeah. you know <laughs> but i was wondering like you know, this movie's great already, but it would be so much better if there were landmines randomly scattered throughout their high school campus. Just imagine the monkey wrench uh, that that would that that would bring. It's a it's a classic idea, which you have aptly yeah. titled "Landmine High." Landmine uh, High, a coming of age story at a high school full of landmines. And I'm trust I'm trusting all the listeners here to respect our intellectual property. Yeah, we came up with this first. If any like sketch comedy YouTube channel just like knocks us out of the park, we're suing. We're just going to sue. Night Live has yeah, if I see um if I see like Cecily Strong and uh and Kyle Mooney blowing up on a high school campus uh, a year from now, but yeah. there's gonna be hell to pay yeah and i used to work with with kyle mooney and beck bennett so i will dig up those emails and i will send them a direct threat if they steal this idea they've already already had so much more success than than me like they don't need to rub it in my face by stealing my work you know no no they rode your coattails and and that is how you name drop yeah well (laughs) Here's the thing. We have become, uh, we've gotten to a place where we can drop names. Yeah. Uh, How about, here's a, here's a few of them. Brandon McManus. Yep. uh, Jake Plummer. Yep. Dave Damashek. Yep. Adam Rain. Yep. Twice. So if you missed any of those, go check them out. Working on getting Nick Wright. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So today we are going to talk some football. Nick Wright. Is that right? Yeah, he predicted uh, 3-13 and for the Broncos, which we did our becoming annual shredding of a NFL uh, sports commentator figure that we're going to try to turn into a friend. 
Yeah. Um, and if not a friend, then an enemy a foe. for life. Yeah. yeah. I have no, there's no middle ground. We're either best friends or we are going to try to we'll make ourselves it. feel better by taking you down. That yeah. is how the world works. Uh, Josh Rosen, some teams are calling about him. Dak Prescott turning down a shit ton of money. And there was a ton of player arrests. Some crazy hap- crazy shit happened uh, with DeAndre Baker, Cody Latimer, uh, Quentin Dunbar, Ed Oliver. And I read today Quentin Dunbar's lawyer – or wait, DeAndre Baker's lawyer is threatening to sue Quentin Dunbar's lawyer or – because Dunbar said his lawyer said something that they didn't that they made like conflicting statements about. Uh, so my thought is that is making at least DeAndre Baker look more guilty. <laughs> As are yeah, Baker looks more guilty. I think Dunbar's lawyers trying to separate Dunbar from the situation, and they actually have some ammunition to do that. Ooh, sounds like a words. sounds like a job for child lawyer MD. Yes, our other sketch comedy uh, hero, child lawyer MD. Um, really, he's so uh, bad because he's a because he's a child lawyer that he takes like petty criminal case, really just misdemeanors like jaywalking, littering, and he's so bad at their job that uh, he gets them sentenced to death essentially. Yeah, I wish like so June and July really slow football months. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, I, I keep going with football stuff because that's what my YouTube channel is on. I wish I could just, like, take those two months off and we could shoot our our sketches that we're, you know, working on. Yeah, if any of you out there are actors. Uh, we, I've got the people to do it here in Denver. Uh, <laughs> I've got the, the guys to shoot it. The D-League, my friends uh, yeah. Chad Neat and Woody Roseland. Uh, both very good in uh, I mean, schools schools are shut down we can basically get on any oh campus yeah we, we can get into a campus easy yeah. for for landmine high uh, yeah. hopefully they'll let us do practical live explosions too yeah no this isn't cgi no and if anything explosions will kill more of the virus so that from everything i know about it uh it it just can't survive a landmine, much like a human being. No, I mean some well, humans tough. can. Just yeah. depends on their proximity to how the landmine. It depends on how tough you are, basically. Yeah, that's yeah. what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah, like, if you're weak, you won't make it. You and I probably would survive. Yeah, Nick we'll Wright. I don't think so. Not at this point. Not unless he comes on the show. Not until he responds to my vague Twitter threats. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Nick. Do, on, Nick. do the right thing here. You know what sucks about that, too, is uh, – so the his prediction about the AFC West was the Chiefs 14-2, and two, the Raiders 10-6, and six, somehow as a wild card team, then the Chargers at 6-10, and 10, and the Broncos 3-13. But in the, the episode that Fox Sports put out, like he just talks about the Chiefs, and they do general – like they're just all over the AFC West – and I really wanted him to, like, talk about the Broncos so I could make the episode better and have some more fodder to work with. Is that the right way to use that word? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That was good. But then, yesterday, like, okay, the last two weeks, every – so all these player arrests have happened. And I swear to God, every time I upload the video, like, ten minutes after, new news comes out about 
the arrests. I'm like, God damn it. I wish I had that in the video. And with the arrests and everything, I feel like that's a little more serious because you're talking about, you know, guys basically having their worst day and then you're making a bunch of like jokes about the situation. And then maybe you find out a little bit more that you wish you had to factor into how you, you, you know, approach the episode. But with Nick Wright, after I uploaded the video later that day, uh, I think it was like the Fox Twitter account put out Nick Wright predicts every single game, all 256 games, each team schedule. So on Twitter, there's a video of him going through the Broncos schedule that we didn't have to work with for our video. And I'm sure, I'm sure it would have given us at least three more really solid jokes to put in there. But maybe next week we can address that. My point being, it's fun to make fun of him for doing that, but the fact that Fox made him predict every team's schedule, uh, that sucks. Yeah. Oh, man. That's um, – what is that, 256 games? I think that's what they said. Could you Like going through every game and being like win, loss, win, yeah. win, win. Like who gets – like you're just fucking right. – get like that's 256 – in the dark guesses i think at that point uh like game 79 by game 79 i'm just like who i don't fucking know uh the jaguars are beating the chiefs yeah i I don't know how do do i know you know what the the health of the chiefs are going to be in december (laughs) of of a season we don't even know is going to happen at this point i don't even really know who's going to start for the patriots at quarterback no it's uh, it's weird because there's so much change that would be happening in this upcoming NFL season, and we can't even feel comfortable like saying, yep, it's going to happen. It's going to start on time. Uh, That's the other thing. I'm, I'm getting I – was, I was really down about that, and now I'm starting to grow more optimistic by the day. I don't yeah. imagine uh, we'll have fans there other than – I don't know. I think we could have like some symbolic fans. Not like the symbolic cardboard cutout fans that they have the in the Korean baseball organization. Like the sex dolls they have in sex the... dolls, right? There could be sex dolls. One of the one of the the stadium one of the stadiums was using sex dolls. No, I know. Yeah, I saw that. It's a very horny Korean thing to do. Yes, I wouldn't put it past them. I would well, go to the stadium just to steal a sex doll. It feels like kind of a more like Japanese thing to do. Yeah, I don't like, know anime cutouts i don't don't want to go there uh i I think um some people have tossed around like the idea of like having uh uh, yeah like what would you call them like the uh essential work nurses like yeah people who've been working really hard throughout this uh and then letting them into the stadium i don't know like what's a safe number of people to have i don't know if it's you know triple digits uh, quadruple, double wide. You know. It feels I'm like no you expert. could space them out enough where you could probably Absolutely. do something like that. Yeah, I, I yeah, and I think um, we'll find a way to practice common sense. Uh, if you think you're going to go the whole season with no one testing positive, I that's I just not going to happen. No, it's there's definitely hurdles. Uh, yeah. John Ol- Oliver's last episode was about sports returning and I'm a little disappointed they didn't you know reach out to us to consult 
on that episode um, because on, like that's our wheelhouse. Yeah. Basically, we do a, a very similar show. Some Except, say uh, our show is every week. Yeah, we're almost every day. A lot of people say our show is like John Oliver, but for sports, but for more intellectual people. So the thinking man's John Oliver. Yeah, exactly. Like we're not just rimshotting a bunch of dick yeah. jokes. And we don't uh we don't have the performance enhancing British accent to make us sound smarter. Yeah, that's very true. So that's you know, it it's just a cheat code, really. Yeah, I, sometimes you I go speaking uh, gibberish, <laughs> but you know if you say it in John Oliver's accent, people will listen to what you have to say and think you're, you know, oh he's on to something. Exactly, it's all about confidence. When yeah. really he's just like he's reading the alphabet out of order. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. Um, That's our next uh, podcast. Alphabet out of order. Yeah. Yeah, once we really run out of ideas. We do have um we have our Zoom call with with the the pay, with the Patreons Patreon tonight. That's looking forward to that. I don't know if this is going to come out before um but sh- this should go up before um that. Yeah, so if you're seeing that there there's still a chance um to you know get in with the $5 page and then uh yeah, I'm, not, I'm curious to see how many people show up because uh hasn't been much response on the posts in Patreon. So um I've blocked off to like people for 30 minutes a time at a time. <laughs> that'll all be better for them. Yeah. Hey, get in while the getting's good, is what I say. Exactly. Uh and I don't I don't know how many people are just gonna like show up and like show us their dick, like kind of like a chat roulette thing. How many people are really going to have a good conversation? How many people are just going to say, fuck you, Tom Brady, and get off? Yeah, I don't uh, know. But I think it's going to be a wild ride, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be fun. It's definitely going to be an experiment because you don't know who's on the other side of that donation, really. Yeah, get- could be a member of ISIS for all we know. <laughs> could be- it's just that the, we find out my Patreon account has just become a recruiting ground for terrorist organizations. That's the kind of <laughs> global outreach uh, we're shooting for. Yeah, exactly. That'd be like the most horrifying, one of the most horrifying things to find out is like, I've been, my money's been funneling through my account and people have just been chatting through that to <laughs> extremists. That'd be a, bizarre world i have to assume that's like what the bodybuilding forums are for oh uh, yeah that makes more sense yeah which and usually they're talking about everything but bodybuilding but there's somehow like the most popular you know forums on the internet that's just uh, my hunch though. i saw a video of is what's john gruden's son's name uh, Deuce, Deuce Gruden. Deuce Gruden doing some yeah. push-ups, telling people to stay fit in quarantine, and he's going to be ready to train them once, once this shit's over. Thank you, Deuce. Thank you for your service. He's got such big muscles. I have to like, that's got to be his real name, right? Oh, I would imagine if John Gruden's your dad, yeah. Deuce. Deuce seems like a Deuce is not a nickname. Yeah, no. Deuce is his real name, and his nickname is like uh, Richard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or you find out like Deuce is just short for Ducito. Yeah. 
Richard Dick Deucegrin. <laughs> Richard Dick Deucegrin. Old Dick Deuce. Rich Dick. Uh, should we talk about Josh Rosen? Chosen Rosen? Chosen Rosen. Apparently the Dolphins are getting calls. Yeah, who called the Dolphins, though? Did they reveal? I, they usually don't reveal. Um, it would be nice to check, I suppose. Usually I the people who are just making up that it happened don't reveal which team's called. Right. I mean, you know, I, they didn't say they're calling for, like, a trade. It's possible they're calling just to, like, check in and see how he's doing. <laughs> hey, uh, is, how, is Josh healthy? Feeling good? How's, how's he – you know, managing during the lockdown. How's Josh doing? Right. Well, the Dolphins, what? They gave up a second rounder for Rosen, and now they have Fitzpatrick and Tua. So there's not a lot of need for Rosen. Uh, And I think Josh Rosen still remains, like, the biggest mystery in terms of can he actually play in the NFL. He's never really been given a shot, but he couldn't beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick. But that's, like – Look, Ryan Fitzpatrick's not an easy guy to beat out. Like, he's – Yeah. And he's I feel just, like the team played harder for Fitzpatrick once he got in there. If you watch Rosen's tape uh, when he did play in, like, I don't know, he probably got, like, three whole games. Maybe I'm a little off. But uh, a lot of drops, that offensive line was truly abominable. Yeah. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's good at a few things. Like, um, he's a good leader. He gets his teammates uh, to play up to the competition. And he's good at kind of feeling out pressure for the most part. Uh, Rosen's like, he's not there yet, obviously. Like, I think Rosen's got to have the pieces around him for him to to work. Uh, but I, you know, throw him in New England. What if Stedham's well. just, uh, what if Stedham's terrible? It, it's possible. We saw Stedham for like five minutes last year and he threw a pick six. Yeah, there's no guarantee he's he's good. Like he's even close to being a starter. No, um, and he's not getting any work right now. Like, <laughs> no, not like Tom Brady. Brady already already making sure Ryan Jensen knows how to stop his ass sweat from touching Tom's hands. Weird weekend, or like past week for Brady. Um, he comes out with the TB12, basically his own uh, TB12 brand vaccine. <laughs> yeah, his, uh, his immune-boosting formula that doesn't even have fucking vitamin D in it, which is, like, one of the key, the key ingredients for your, your immune system. Uh, not in his, his elixir to protect your, your immunity right now in these critical times. Well, here's the thing. It's got the two vitamins that matter the most. Vitamin T... Vitamin B, baby. <laughs> Those are the only two vitamins you need. Wonder on the periodic table, what would those? What does T? Is boron? Is that B? B is boron. Yeah. Hmm. T. It's been a while since I've. It's been roughly seven years since I've taken any kind of chemistry. Let's see here. What do we got? T. I. I think T is tuberculosis, maybe. We got titanium is T-I. Titanium. Oh. That's T-I, like the rapper. Right. There's two T-I's. Hmm. Right. I don't see a T. Tom probably already trying to patent it for he's, Tom. Yeah, he's trademarked it. Or maybe titanium is just T. I think Darren Ravel's got a tweet ready to <laughs> – Yeah. 
to announce that Tom Brady has trademarked uh, an entire letter of the periodic table. Yeah, it's just cool to see that Tom Brady, whose net worth combined with his wife is close to half a billion, is uh, out there trying to make money on uh, the pandemic. Profiteering, some would call it. Um, Like, dude, so many people were shitting on his post about it. And somebody dug up like a reminder that he once promoted some sort of supplement that was supposed to protect against concussions, which I'm well, sure he also we... said, like, if you drink enough water, you won't get sunburned. That, that, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. That is uh, not at all true. I can attest as a, as a white man that uh, water, well, I'm sure it's good for you. Uh, it can't hurt. It does not prevent sunburns no uh sunscreen helps there sunscreen uh, even like a liberal amount of sunscreen doesn't even do it for me it really just staying out of the sun altogether is the only uh it's kind of like abstinence (laughs) it's the only guaranteed way uh just avoiding the sun completely is the only way i can guarantee i'm not getting sunburned yeah uh i do a little bit better in the sun once i get my base laid down you know Uh, you're italian Yeah. See, mm-hmm. yeah, my the, my dad like doesn't wear sunscreen and his excuse is because he's Italian. <laughs> he doesn't have to worry about it. Um, yeah. to his credit, well, he's in his 60s and never had skin cancer, so maybe he's right. My yeah, I mean my dad uh grew up in the, you know, the Colorado sun and Back in those days, there was no such thing as like being indoors or air conditioning or, or you know, those damn video games. So his parents would just send them out for like, you leave the house like 8 a.m., come down when the street lights come out, uh, and his son is, or his skin is just permanently darkened. Right. To the point just, where he looks Italian. It's got that leather and I, sort and of. And I look like myself. Yeah. So I guess maybe that's a Colorado thing. I think you guys, you guys are technically closer to the sun while i'm at sea level you guys are a mile closer to the sun yeah we're way closer way i have to imagine has some kind of effect yeah you can get burned faster uh yes if you're up like at nine thousand feet in the summertime and it's hot and that sun's out like you'll burn real fast (laughs) you'll burn up and you but you forget because it's like you know maybe 78 degrees but you still got that cool mountain breeze and you're outside like it's perfect and you could be outside for like two hours and you come in and you're just toast. toast you never really know until you come inside and like lay you know lay down on a bed yeah okay uh anyway, josh rosen josh rosen i don't yeah outside of like new england though i don't know where that's the problem for where him. he's gonna go like then that's the thing backup job obviously yeah it's i mean it's just like which a lot of teams don't even need backups. Here's the thing though. Um and I, I, I kinda got this from maybe it was Peter King I was listening to on NFL network. But uh, people like or teams like the Cowboys spent a lot of money on Andy Dalton, not just because of the DAC thing. And that's something we can uh talk about after this. That'd be a great too. segue. Great segue. <laughs> Uh, they spent that money on Andy Dalton because what if your quarterback is out for two weeks? He, he shows symptoms or tests positive or what, what have you. 
you might have to be without your quarterback arbitrarily for uh, a couple of games at a time. Right. You have like you just have to have another option, or else you're punting on the season for you know, a, essentially a random occurrence, an act of God, if you will. Yeah, I feel like maybe I'm trying to think who did Detroit brought in somebody to back up Stafford. Uh, let me look. Lions depth chart. It doesn't make me feel great about <laughs> about Jeff Driscoll, if I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah, well, I don't know why the Broncos. Oh yeah, they the the Lions brought in Chase Daniel. And they have David Blau still, and wow, he yeah. played like a couple good games. Wasn't yeah, but then yeah, wasn't. not so good once he had to keep starting. I was gonna say like yeah. Rosen would maybe make sense there. Um, I think he makes sense as a backup in most places, really. Yeah, I was just trying to find like an offense that would feel like a a decent fit because like Stafford's not a mobile guy. Um, I would, I would, um, if I was Tennessee, maybe Tennessee is one of those teams calling because uh, Mariota's gone, and I know Tannehill was great last year, right? But track record, uh, a lot of injuries, health is, is not great. Yeah, um, and their their backup is Logan Woodside, and then also they uh, they brought in Cole McDonald out of a barn. Oh, Cole McDonald, Cole McDonald, the Hawaiian, yeah, terrible. The Hawaiian guy. Uh, yeah. One of my last uh, memories pre-pandemic was uh, coming home like at 1 a.m., uh, forgetting that I ordered McDonald's and then waking up at 2 a.m. to Cole to McDonald. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Still. One of the worst things. Don't try those cold fries, buddy. Still. Oh, what was – there was a joke – you kept using and I was going to tell you like give me something else it wasn't the Cole McDonald one it was uh I think Aaron Rodgers Christmas present sending back to his family I think there was like three scripts in a row where we talked about it the first one it was good the second one was like yeah we can do it again and then I think it was like third time like god damn it Will I'm gonna start talking the Christmas (laughs) <laughs> was, was there like a news article about him rejecting his family's Christmas presents? Or is that just based on us knowing that he and his family don't get along? No, that's a real thing. Oh, is it? Yeah, no, I didn't make that up. So it's not a joke. It, no, it's a real thing that happened. He returned. He re, what, what happened? Explain it to me. They sent him uh, uh, Christmas presents. And his he family. Packaged them up. Or maybe he just didn't open the package. And sent them back. Wow. <laughs> That's how much he hates his family. And how much his family is like, please, Aaron, l- let's just get along. That's crazy. Yeah, no, it, it, you know, I couldn't – I don't think my brain could comprehend doing something that shitty to your own family. No, it's like if I was the most successful person in my family, like I would be rubbing it in their faces – while being with them you know what i mean like yeah. i would want to be around them to like casually remind them like hey guys i'm doing better than everybody else although i i i think you know it's reasonable if jordan rogers is your brother and he's kind of a shitty quarterback for vanderbilt and you know is bouncing around on nfl rosters for a year or two 
and then goes to the 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 bachelorette what is it, the bachelor or the bachelorette doesn't matter who cares um i i think it's aaron Rodgers would be right to bully him yeah kind of a pretty boy he's you know uh classically better looking i guess than aaron Rodgers. aaron Rodgers uh more successful i think in the dating game just a cooler guy all around uh has an edge to him clearly a better football player I, I think you know it'd be fair to um, to just kind of bully him, to bully his younger brother. I know there's a third Aaron, like Rogers brother, kind of like there's a third Car brother. I didn't know never, that. Never, yeah, yeah. There's always like one third, like a third brother that looks nothing like them, is like out of shape. Yeah, and there's like a fourth Jonas brother. Yeah, yes. the bonus Jonas, as they call him. What if Aaron Rodgers? growing feud with the Packers is just like the natural progression for him. Like he grew away from his, yeah. his real family. Now he's growing apart from his, his football family. Like maybe it's just right. inevitable. Like maybe that's why they drafted Jordan love because there's just, there's really no other option for him. Yeah. And he even mentioned that. I don't remember who he was talking to, but he kind of just admitted that, you know, it was awkward to get Jordan Love, uh, that they drafted Jordan Love, and then they talked, and then, you know, naturally it's going to be awkward, but I don't think he has any ill will against him. Or No, it's, he can't. That like he was in the same position. If anybody yeah, should yeah. understand it, it's him. But if you're, the, if you're the Packers right now, knowing that, like, Rodgers is kind of just, like, waiting to, um, you know, be replaced, do you want to just, like, trade him now? Maybe. Like if while his he, value is at at its peak, the Jordan Love thing. Like I know he's not ready, ready, but like, and your team is set to compete. But everything we know about competing with a rookie quarterback uh, on that contract is, uh, uh, you know, conducive to success. And if that's yeah. the guy, like, maybe get him the reps. I don't. Well, yeah, I think like in this, the twenty twenty season is probably. Maybe the best season in history to throw in a guy who just needs to learn. Like, yeah, I don't think like, anybody's going to be held too accountable if their team doesn't perform this year. Uh, it's a fucked up year. Expectations are, are at zero right now. So if we just have football, we're going to be happy. Like, Correct. If team goes 2-14, and 14, you're just glad you got to watch some damn football. That said, it might be the hardest year to get the pro appropriate value for a guy of Aaron Rodgers' stature in a trade because Perhaps. everything's so weird. Perhaps. What do they call that? A catch 22? Yes. Mm. Catch 22. Mm. Exactly why I don't understand Dak Prescott turning down $175 million contracts when I also saw articles yesterday about the NFL figuring out how to not pay its players if games don't happen. So, yes. Uh, what's more likely, Aaron Rodgers to be traded or Dak Prescott to sign a contract that's already higher than what he's worth? I think this year? Yeah. Yeah, Dak. I mean, he he has leverage. Yes, just in he's some a good leverage. But he lost leverage when the team signed Andy Dalton, and the the way 
he's kind of like framed this. He so the the Cowboys offered offered him five years, one hundred seventy five million. Uh, I'm not going to do the math on that, but it sounds like a lot of money. It's like thirty five mil a year, roughly. Yeah, which is um, more than anybody. More than anybody. Yeah, it's like Rogers uh, Wilson level. And I'm not. I I think Dak is a little bit underrated, and you know, Cowboys quarterbacks are always held to just a ridiculous standard. Yeah, no, I think Dak's a good quarterback. He is. He is. Um, but at a certain point, you know, you pay Amari Cooper, you pay Ezekiel Elliott. You could argue the Ezekiel Elliott uh, thing is kind of, you know, holding them back from just giving Dak the money and saying fuck it. But like, at what point do you just kind of just cut your losses and, and go with Dalton? Like Dak, he want like you said, he wants forty five million in the last year of his contract, which is usually the year they want to do the least amount of guaranteed money, right? Right. That's when they want to get out of it, and that's just like that's the only. Um, that's kind of like the only leverage that the team has at the end of a contract in that, you know, they, you sign these contracts and like Dak's not the best quarterback. He's going to get the most money just because of the timing. Like Derek Carr got the most money in NFL history. Matt Stafford right. got the most money. Uh, certainly not the best player, the best, you know, quarterback at the time, maybe not even top five or 10, uh, but it's about timing and it's about the market. Uh, but like the only saving grace for a team is that, you sign them now and you're overpaying them, but by the end of the contract, you're underpaying them. Right. And worth, you're, they're getting less than they're worth. Uh, and that's like how teams justify it and that's how they make the cap work. Uh, but, to, but to backload a contract for a player um, five years from now, you, know, you just don't know what's going to happen five years from now. He could uh, get Alex Smith and – yeah, never play football again. You just don't know. There could and be it, COVID twenty let you at that hook. point. We could have, yeah, exactly. Five years from now, COVID twenty five could wreak the havoc, and we haven't paid. We haven't played football for four years, and um, the Cowboys still have to pay Dak Prescott forty five million. Uh, like the federal government has to basically bail them out so they can pay Dak Prescott. <laughs> That's what the, we're looking. At. The American economy. Finally collapsed once we bailed out Dak Prescott. That was the last straw. Yeah, I think that's like the other conundrum, if you will, is that if NFL happens this year without fans, there's a chance the league loses a fuck ton of money. They're talking about like $5 billion in revenue losses if they play without fans, which is going to affect – the next year's salary cap because the salary cap's based on how much money the NFL made. So you can't justify paying Dak at the, the growth rate, which quarterbacks have been paying. If all of a sudden the salary cap drops by 30 or 40, 50 million for every team, like you simply can't afford that contract anymore. Like, I don't know. in oh, with NFL contracts, like they're always – they're never really solid. There's yeah. wiggle room for T. Like everything is is really workable uh, when it when it gets down to it. So that's like when people really complain about player money. I'm just like, 
who gives a shit? <laughs> they'll, they'll figure it out some way or, or another. They'll, they'll fix it later. Only teams that are really bad at managing money, like the Rams, se- seem to get themselves in, in, in really shitty situations. Rams can't even, can't even like, uh, pay their debts in general. Yeah, they just borrowed $500 more million for their fucking stadium they can't finish. So, They're um, de- like, <laughs> they did all of that just to put up three points in the Super Bowl. Yeah. What a what – a, what I guess it would have been different if they won the game. Uh, I mean, there's yeah. – You go pay. all in for a Super Bowl, but you got to win. You got to win that at game. Put up like, at least put up 17 points. Yeah. Got you know, him. Get in the end zone once. Got I, him. You know, I, I struggle to um, sympathize with the the Dak Prescott types, and not to turn this into like a Tucker Carlson sports hour here, but um, <laughs> like the the guys that are complaining about like normal people uh, are getting furloughed and have to work fewer right. hours and are just taking less money in general, and NFL players and, and baseball players to some extent. Yeah. Are like no, we you know we got to get paid. I know we're pl- we're playing like sixty uh, percent fewer games or whatever you know whatever it ends up being, uh, and the league's making less money. But no, we need to make uh, the same. Make, you know, thirty five million dollars a year as opposed to like twenty five. Yeah, we need to make what we signed up for. It's like everybody's making adjustments. So everybody has to, you know, everybody has to sacrifice. Uh, and the people who are making the biggest sacrifices are making. We're making the least amount of money. Yeah. Prior, so it's like, it's like forgive me if I'm, you know, uh, not going to shed any tears that yeah. the salary cap is, is going to. You know, I guess it's, it does suck. Like if you're, you know if your rookie contract is expiring and uh, you know, you're, you're in line for another contract and you thought it was going to be your, your big payday. And like, I do have sympathy for the guys that, you know, relatively speaking uh, for the guys that are like living on one year deals and, and guys yeah. on the, the fringes of the roster. But to me, like the Dak Prescott guys that are just like really, really milking it. I, come on. Like I would just, if, if I were Dak, I would say, I'm just going to play this year on that franchise tag, uh, and we will readdress the contract at the end of it. Because, yeah, like, I don't want to do a new deal right now with everything looming. Probably doesn't make sense for you guys to do a new deal. I'll play on the, the franchise tag, which is still going to pay me a shit ton of money, and we'll figure it out later. And maybe that's really what he's thinking, and things are getting distorted by the media trying to make it into – into something but it's been going on long enough where it feels like there probably is just some hardball negotiating happening or whatever but i would play on a franchise tag like what he's going to make a ton of money on that like everybody complains about the franchise tag uh kirk cousins played on the franchise tag two years in a row and he's like uh he's like right out there with jeff bezos i have to assume and it got him like (laughs) it got him the flexibility to get the fuck out of uh, Washington. Yeah. He got out of Washington. Then he signed the first fully guaranteed contract for a quarterback, but then he signed an extension that wasn't fully guaranteed after two years. And that's all without winning a Monday night football game. (laughs) Exactly. He's good, but it's all with being like the 11th best quarterback. 
You know what? He deserves that money for for being a faithful husband and not cheating on his wife. <laughs> exactly. We all do. Let's see. I deserve that then. I'm very faithful. That's how they should like structure prenuptial agreements is like roster bonuses. Oh, every year of good faith? Yeah, good faithfulness bonuses. Every year that you don't cheat on your spouse. You get a stimulus uh, check. You get a stimulus check and you get 10% of their net worth after you guys uh, get divorced, if you do. For avoiding external stimulus or extracurricular extracurricular a different kind of stimulus different kind of stimulus we'll go with you that know you, know what I'm you saying. get the stimulus check just checking right. on your stimulus mm. Mm. sounds like a prostate check but not quite um, more pleasant yes well they can be pleasant <laughs> good doctor knows what he's doing down there yeah yeah uh, did you want to talk about this Rooney rule thing? Yeah. I, mean, you touch on just that. it's leave. Good. I feel like we have a few more minutes left. Yeah. I was, uh, I've been working on, okay. So I just feel like I've been behind the last two weeks. Like shit keeps happening. I wanted to talk about the Rooney rule thing before they voted on it. Then they voted to table it and talk about it later. So basically what the NFL is trying to do is adjust the Rooney rule because, um, after like a handful of minority coaches were fired, they weren't adequately adequately replaced. However you want to look at it, the NFL doesn't think that it's being taken seriously enough and that NFL teams have essentially just interviewed black head coaching candidates to basically fill that, that need and not taking it seriously enough. And they want to try and get more minority GMs, uh, you know, job opportunities. So their idea was to incentivize teams with a third round draft pick, upping it by like six spots if you hired a black head coach. Well, minority, but let, let's be, it's black head coaches because there's Damn not wrong. a lot of, it's just, there's mostly the NFL is white guys and black guys. And I think you're like Pacific Islander and Asian is, and Mexican is like 4% of the league. So what it's is, really when I Italians count. No, we're white. Ita- Italians would like to think of themselves as a special minority, but they're not. Okay. Uh, who's that? Sp- uh, Brock Olivo. I want my draft picks for uh... hiring Brock Olivo. Yes. Yeah. So it was like, and what more, the more I read into this, they were like incentivizing more for a GM hire. Uh, there was, if you kept a minority head coach for three years, you were going to maybe get more draft picks, assistant coaches. Uh, there was a, a lot of different things and it caused like a big conversation about whether that was the right or wrong way to do it. Uh, and they ended up basically saying, well, we're going to keep talking about this uh, until we maybe figure out a better way to do it. And I, I also saw Dominique Foxworth. Uh, he was opposed to the idea at first, but then he said, once he saw what type of people were agreeing with him on Twitter, he changed his stance. 
which I thought was really funny. Yeah. Um, I don't I know if that's the, the right way to look at it, but. Uh, I get the motivation behind that. Yeah. It was, I understand where he's coming from. I think this is a case of like good, their heart's in the right place. Right. But I can't think of a worse idea. It just seems, <laughs> it just doesn't seem like the, it's hard because basically what the NFL is saying is like, we need more diversity, not like, not just in the, the hires, but in the hiring process. And we don't trust you as individual organizations to do that seriously. And that's fucked up because you can't yeah. like, I don't know. I think my, when I was, cause I was trying to work on a script about this and anytime like race is an issue, I get scared to like say the wrong thing. But like, my question is like, what percentage of minority candidates are trying to get those jobs? Like, that's a stat we don't have. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, and the it's, one thing that's brought up is Eric Bieniemy on the Chiefs. Right. They're like, why doesn't he have a head coaching job? Yeah, uh, Eric Bieniemy also has, like, a weird history at C- CU being there at a time when yeah. some pretty fucked up shit was happening. So Vance Joseph, too. <laughs> Vance Joseph as well. So it's like, uh, that doesn't get brought up too often. <laughs> no. No, it doesn't. Uh, um, also, like, uh, you could argue that having Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid makes it easy to be yeah. an offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know. He might really be providing a lot of value to that offense. And I think he'll get a shot eventually. Um, but how many – we have Anthony Lynn, Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin was, like, the original, like, someone who benefited from the Rooney rule ironically with the Steelers <laughs> the playing for the Roonies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like he was kind of like, they're like, okay, we need to fulfill this. And like, Oh, we really like this guy. Nope. You know, here's a super bowl in year two. Right. That worked out. Yeah. I Ron mean, Rivera getting rehired. Uh, I think there was four coaches. Uh, Flores. Flores. Tomlin. Because, yeah, Vance Joseph and Wilkes, Steve Wilkes, yeah, Steve right, Wilkes. both got yeah. fired the same Marvin year. Marvin Lewis was fired, I think. Marvin Lewis. That Hugh Jackson. Year. Hugh Jackson. Um, yeah, that was one point I was starting to get to with, like, Hugh Jackson being replaced by Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> Their race had nothing to do with it. Really, the Browns just hired two shitty coaches back-to-back. Right. Y- yeah, I mean – because we went it was like a weird year where um we had i don't you know i don't think it i don't and i'm not sure like the the demographics of head coaches necessarily has to match the demographics of players um but you know our lewis riddick has talked about like fast tracking uh minority assistant coaches um kind of into head coaching jobs or like higher roles which I think is a better strategy than incentivizing their hire with uh, a competitive advantage. Yeah, that makes sense. But, yeah, I I don't know. It has to, like, be entirely representative of the, the, like, the base of NFL players. 
but you know, I, I think we're probably they probably are underrepresented. But yeah, there was this weird exodus post twenty eighteen that I think created a little bit of a, a panic and like this idea that we're going the other way, and a lot of it probably has to do with that. Like all of Sean McVay's friends got hired for head coaching jobs like the same year, and yeah. they happened to be white. Well, yeah, I think, and I think that's an actual like issue not an issue but it's like a factor they're not really thinking of in that okay so coaching hires are usually based on coaching network relationships right so like my example was Gary Kubiak got fired because he would not hire he he would not well he left because he wouldn't fire his assistants all those yeah. all, like uh uh Eric Dennison, uh, Brian, the, all his, his coaches. I forget oh, all yes. their names. But he brought all of those guys with him to Minnesota, right? They're all white guys. For whatever reason, that's just his coaching network. And it doesn't mean all of those guys are the most qualified for the positions he's filling. But they're his, the guys he's comfortable with, they're the guys he's been working with. And that's not like an atypical thing in the NFL. Like when a coach goes somewhere, he's got a crew of coaches with him, usually guys he wants to bring along. And uh, until like those coaching networks become more diverse, and I don't know how you even make them more diverse. I think like that's a harder thing to figure out, but like, and, and, and that's with a, a lot of jobs that like you get based on people you know, and it's figuring out how to get a more diverse um, environment to, of candidates yeah. and that coaches can't just bring in their, their 10 guys they've already worked with to fill all of these positions and that maybe each one of those positions needs to be a little more seriously evaluated by GMs or whoever you're going to put in to charge in charge of making those hires, because I'm sure there's a ton of guys you can say are better than Eric Dennison to be coaching with, you know, the, the Vikings or the, whoever the Brian Kiriani or the tight ends coach, like whatever. And I'm not saying like any of those guys are bad. It's just like an example I know about. Um, Right. And it's like, yeah, Yeah. you know, uh, I'm sure. I don't know what I was going to say after that, actually. Well, I mean, like, what I was going to say is, uh, no, you're absolutely right. And uh, I think the one thing that they're also talking about that is a great idea, uh, and I don't think they've approved anything yet, but it's on the table, is that GMs or teams, I guess, can't block an assistant coach from – They pass that. They pass it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that's good. they can't like, yeah, you can't block an assistant from interviewing or seeking uh, a, like a higher position as a coach. Like, a, right. like if your quarterback's coach is, you know, wants to become an offensive coordinator and they're, you know, being, they're interviewing with another team, you can't be like, no, you got to stay with us because your contract hasn't run up. Right. And I mean, that would have gotten, if that rule were in place, that would have gotten Vance Joseph his head coaching job with the Broncos a year earlier. Probably the best argument against it. <laughs> yeah, I know. No shit. Um, because the, the Bengals denied the Broncos interview with him. So like teams can't do that yes. anymore. 
And so that, and that might be one of those things to organically help that situation I was just talking about, because say yeah, you have it's upward mobility. It's like, okay, Kubiak brought in these five guys, but this assistant isn't working or this coordinator isn't working. we got to fire him. And I'm going to, I'm going to interview a whole new set of candidates and hopefully you, you know, bring in a more diverse hire there because that's the best candidate for the position and you, you fill it that way. Um, I think the yeah. one thing Bomani Jones mentioned on that uh, uh, thing with, with Foxworth was like, and I, it is a good point. He's like, nobody questions when a white guy who isn't qualified for the job gets hired. He's like, so I have no problem if a, a, a minority hire isn't as qualified as somebody else because, you know, nobody's complaining. I don't think that's true. I mean, like, I think people are very skeptical, skeptical about Freddie Kitchens going from OC to head coach. Well, I think, yeah, when a guy is, like, really shitty, the hire is going to get criticized. It's I, like, think I think people were skeptical before then. No, I think you're right. Uh, uh, that was a weird move for the Browns. It was, and I think it's like a kind of a sign of warning. Just like, don't just pick like a guy who's got a good relationship with a quarterback to become your head coach. Yeah, go all in on that quarterback, especially a guy who doesn't get a good head coach. Doesn't seem that bright, and doesn't seem like a good leader. Hasn't Uh, like experienced, uh, has no experience with like game situations, and calling timeouts and knowing when to go for it, calling like draw plays on fourth and ten. Yeah, that's a big part of it too, and I think um, what coaches are getting better at too. And I know Sean McVay has done that is like allowing assistant coaches to get experience at calling plays, um, kind of taking over responsibilities of being a head coach, like during preseason games, things like that. So they actually are prepared to you know to take over and like I don't even something like if you're an assistant coach. And the market's not there for you in the NFL as a head coach yet. Uh, something like Bill O'Brien, and you know, this is separating Bill O'Brien, the coach, from Bill O'Brien, the GM. But he was an, the offensive coordinator for the Patriots and then took the job as head coach uh, at Penn State. Obviously, uh, this is like, post, like directly after post, uh, Joe Paterno. Was successful there made Christian Hackenberg look like a first-round pick, which is arguably the most impressive thing he's ever done. <laughs> right. And then goes to the Texans. By that time, like, he he understands the responsibilities of being a head coach as opposed to just, like, being this guy who knows how to call plays for an offense. Yeah. No, and I think, like, as much as we've shit on Bill O'Brien, is he's, he's a he's pretty good coach. He's been um, the best coach in Texans history. Uh, he's just – he shouldn't have GM powers. No. And there's a perfect example of a place that could use a GM. Yes. That maybe could be filled by uh, not a white guy. You know what I mean? Sure. Dad, but, go interview Lewis Riddick. Like, I'm sure Bill O'Brien will uh, conduct the interview. <laughs> I think he does most things around that facility. I yeah. think he, like, He's also he the janitor. Yeah, I was going to say cleaning up the fucking mess he created that's right um growing up everywhere after that deandre hopkins trade <laughs> just vomit all over houston clean up on uh clean up right in front of 
uh, Deshaun Watson's locker. <laughs> Sick. I think the the other person who made a, a good point was Anthony Lynn because he wasn't a fan of the way the NFL wanted to implement it. And he was sort of talking about how the NFL in the hiring process needs to consider more than just coordinators to fill head coaching roles. He was like, yeah, a head coach has to be a good leader. And sometimes, you know, good play callers aren't good leaders. And there are other members of the coaching staff that you identify as natural leaders and that sort of broadening who is considered for head coaching positions could actually also help with that in a, like a very sort of natural way. And I thought that was a good point. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like one of the best coaches and one of the longest tenured coaches in the NFL today, John Harbaugh was a special teams coordinator, right. not like an offensive or defensive guy. I think he's like one of the only special teams coordinators to go straight to, to, you know, becoming a head coach. Right. And like, uh, Dave Tobe, the, the Chiefs yeah. special teams coordinator, was considered for head coaching jobs for a couple of years. Never got it. You know what I mean? And yeah, surprised that's ever happened, honestly. So it's – I think it's – and that's probably a little bit biased based on where – what he coaches, which is special teams. Again, Brock Olivo, maybe he just needed to be head coach. Maybe, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those would make for some electric press conferences. But, like, you think about, like, an offensive coordinator, you're, it's, it's X's and O's versus, like, special teams. You're, you're taking a group of guys that, like, barely made the team. You're taking arguably, like, the, the worst players on the team and, you know, uniting them to, to yeah. do a very critical task. Like, kickoff coverage, punt coverage, uh, stuff that, like, flips the field. You're doing a lot of coaching up, basically. Yeah, you're coaching players for sure. Uh, like scheme's important, obviously, in special teams, but you're really, really taking on uh, the job of coaching players as a co- as opposed to calling plays. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And I think like trying to write a script about this Rooney Rule just reminds me of like how complex of a problem it is. It's like yeah. when when somebody talks about. When tries like to tell you how that how you can fix the economy or fix fucking coronavirus, and you're like, it is a problem that needs many things to happen to help correct it. And I feel like this is another one of those things where a lot of people want like a one tiered solution when that's never going to be feasible. You know what I mean? It's like there's a lot, there's a lot of different things to consider. There's a lot of moving parts, things you can control, things you can't control, uh, and it just made me like feel like I'm running in circles just trying to write a script about it and write jokes about it. You know what I mean? Speaking of people like organizations that could use like a minority hire, I think us just to like have someone to to like figure out these kind of episodes right exactly it's like is this okay to say is this no cool no you nothing you said is okay really you need to change everything you're doing yeah yeah so um we'll be we'll be stepping on uh kind of to tie this whole thing together it's like walking on landmines Ooh, landmine high 
landmine high in theaters. Way to circle 20, back around. Twenty-eight. Perfect. Yeah. There you and go. With, That's with, why you get paid the big bucks. How do you solve the NFL's diversity problem? Landmine High School. Landmine High School, baby. Thanks for listening. <laughs>